Last Advent, we had planned on doing our blessing of the great nativity, which is the fruit of the generosity of so many of you who call Prince of Peace your spiritual home. This is one of the many hopeful things that came out of the pandemic as our people banded together to provide a sign of the hope that the Christ child brings even in the darkest moments in human history. Now, of course, those of you who are here last year remember that we had a weather event which snowed us out of the day that we'd planned to do it. And the wise men didn't actually show up until far after the last Christmas decoration was put away in this year of our Lord 2022. I think they finally got here around August of this year's, which they were very much awaited for for a long time. So that long-awaited moment comes tonight. And you know, I can't think of a better moment in the liturgical year to bless the gift you as a parish have given generations to come than the Feast of the Immaculate Conception which is itself the celebration of a gift wrapped inside of a gift. Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar, as sacred tradition names the Magi, make their way from far lands to bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to the child who is the sign of a promise and a prophecy of the Prince of Peace. Now, these weren't any old gifts. They were gifts fit for a king. And what a king that little baby boy has proven to be as the Lord of history. Christians have been giving gifts to each other in commemoration of this historical event ever since it happened under a star in Bethlehem. You know, I think all of us can remember what it was like as children and what it's like even today to wait expectantly to rise first thing that we can on Christmas morning to see presents under a tree. You know, we couldn't wait to see what was inside of those carefully wrapped boxes and bags. Each one of those gifts was lovingly taken in to hand and an outward wrapping stretched around the whole thing and bound with tape or string and an outward wrapping with a decorative bow which had no meaning at all except to be a sign that inside there was something special given from the heart for no other reason than love. Now, you know, I suppose that you could just stick gifts under the yuletide tree without going to all of that trouble. I mean, it really is a pain in the neck to sit there and wrap all these presents, isn't it? I mean, it is the thought that counts, right? 
And except for the really little ones and the pets, of course, who like to play with the box and the wrapping instead of the present, everyone knows the valuable thing is what is inside. But all of that exterior veiling is meant to heighten our expectation, increase our desire for something a little mysterious and a lot special, and to recall the joy that comes with unpacking something behind layers that restrict, then unleash in beauty the visible. Now, can you imagine, though, if someone decided to give you a very expensive and very precious gift, but they put it in a trash bag, okay? I mean, they just handed you a glad sack and said, Merry Christmas, have fun with that, right? I mean, we might think, okay, is this a test somehow? Okay, what's going on here? Is there like a candid camera that's looking to see my reaction to this? What's going on here? Or we might be tempted to not take it very seriously because, I mean, who gives a gift in a trash bag, right? Where a plastic tie replaces a nice ribbon and bow. Or, let's say, you've been given the trash bag, right? You open it, you kind of rummage around in there. You can tell that there's probably a gift in there, but, well, there's also a used Band-Aid that you had thrown away after the scrape your knee got had crusted over. And there's also those Kleenexes filled with snot and mucus and remnants of coronavirus or whatever nastiness your body was keen on expelling from its sacred precinct. And then there's also those rotting turkey legs that you thought you were going to have as leftovers after Thanksgiving and threw out of the fridge after they'd taken on the downy blanket of mold. Now, if you're totally grossed out by this image, there is a method to the madness, so just bear with me for a few more minutes. From all eternity, our loving and eternal Father wanted to give the race of Adam and Eve not just a gift, but the giver of all good gifts, his very son. He could have chosen any kind of way to do that, Emmanuel, God with us, could have parachuted from the sky, fully grown with a magic wand, and say, Shazam, your sins are gone. But that's not how he chose to give. He wanted to identify with us in all things, but the one thing he could not, by his very nature and essence, identify, namely sin, which is by definition separation from God. And so like any and all of us are born and die, the Father sent his Son into the world just like us, to be born and to die to teach us how to be born again and so escape death to live forever. 
But it was not fitting at all for God to give us the gift of his son in a trash bag filled with the filth and debris that had accompanied our shared humanity since our expulsion from the Garden of Eden. Had he done so, we wouldn't have taken that gift seriously. Or we wouldn't have thought that there was really a gift there at all. And so the gift of the Eternal Father, who is the giver of all good gifts, came in the stunning wrap of human flesh by a mother who is preserved from all stain of original sin from the first moment of her existence. Mary was the first tabernacle of the real presence of God in this world. She was the container, the wrapping, the ribbon, and the bow that hid and protect the ultimate gift until the fullness of time, when his birth from the virgin would reveal just how awesome and loving our God really is. The fairest, and most beautiful woman who has ever lived. She heard the Ave of the Archangel Gabriel that reversed the ancient curse of Eva, the Eve through whom sin had entered this sad old world. Mary is not herself the gift but she is the veil which conceals and reveals the plan of the Father for the salvation of the world in and through human flesh. The only difference is that unlike the boxes and bags and wrapping paper and ribbons and bows that conceal and reveal perishable gifts, Mary is herself indestructible, and because of her intimate connection with the gift, is herself a gift that keeps on giving. And we stand in awe as we commemorate the first moment of her existence, which means that the world is forever changed by the providential design of God. In the middle of the last century, an American passionist priest named Father Justin Mulcahy wrote a hymn which shows to us that beauty of the gift, the gift giver, and the vessel by which he is given for our hope and glory. Mary the dawn, Christ the perfect day. Mary the gate, Christ the heavenly way. Mary the root, Christ the mystic vine. Mary the grape, Christ the sacred wine. Mary the wheat, Christ the living bread. Mary the rose tree, Christ the rose blood red. Mary the font, Christ the cleansing flood. Mary the cup, Christ the saving blood. Mary the temple, Christ the temple's Lord. Mary the shrine, 
Christ the God adored. Mary the beacon, Christ the haven's rest. Mary the mirror, Christ the vision blessed. Mary the mother, Christ the mother's son, by all things blessed, while endless ages run.